What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. everyone welcome into another episode of kentucky daily a daily podcast covering your university of kentucky wildcats i'm sean smith joined by Derek terry of the cat's paws Derek, we got a big one tomorrow at kroger field kentucky ole miss both teams looking to get their first win of the season and really both teams looking to avoid a possible disaster scenario with the opponents that are coming up next for both these teams yeah no question about that um Really turned into a big game based off of how last week played out and what we saw from some other teams, uh, notably Mississippi State and, and even Tennessee got a win. So these next few opponents after Ole Miss are, are all teams that look to be probably in the upper echelon of their respective divisions. So this is a game. Vegas is favorite Kentucky. Uh, I think we've favored Kentucky all offseason. Uh, and despite a pretty good offensive performance from Ole Miss on week one against Florida, I think it's still a game that Kentucky should go in feeling confident that they can win. I think so, too. And, you know, Mark Stoops said yesterday he was asked if there's a different, I guess, level of urgency with the program at practice this week to prepare for this game after last week. And he said, no, they they attack every game the same, Derek. But also, in his mind, I think he, he knows that this game is now the biggest game of the season, especially after the loss last week. And now that Mississippi State looks the way that they do, and then you got Tennessee, a place where you haven't won since the 80s. And then you got Georgia coming to Lexington. That, this game is huge. And to me, I feel like that the way that the secondary played and the way that they sort of got exposed last week, it just feels like that there might be a little bit more urgency on both sides of the ball this week to get things right. Yeah, I'll be curious. You know, you hear coaches talk about it, and Stoops might have even been asked about it this week, is that some big improvements can come from week one to week two. Um I'll tell you another thing too, Sean, that I'll be watching, and it's I'm not here to start quarterback controversies. I'm not into any of that stuff. What I'm going to say though is, do you think at any point, no, not not at any point, but just last week, Terry pretty much knew he was going to be playing the whole game. Versus now, a guy like Gatewood becomes eligible this week. Perhaps they use him in some way. Perhaps they don't. But either way, no one in the back of his head, he might not be taking every single offensive snap. Do you think that plays any role? It's a very interesting point there because this is probably the first time in his UK career where he's had to feel this way. I mean, no, no offense to Gunnar Hoke two years ago, but it, it felt like that was Terry's job the entire time, even though Gunnar did get his opportunity. So this is different for Terry because Joey's right there. I know there's a lot of noise from the fan base uh, in both ways. There's, I think it's split, I th maybe a little bit more than split. I still think people believe that Terry played well enough. He still deserves a fair shot. But, Derek, if this offense stalls out, and let's say they get in a position where it looks like they could lose this football game, the noise on social media and everywhere else, it's going to pick up. That's just how this works. And if then if Joey doesn't perform, it's going to pick up for Bo at some point. That's, oh, just, yeah. that's just the way this thing goes with the quarterback and the backup quarterback. 
You're totally right. And I think the good news for Terry is this should be an opponent that he can really get settled in against. I mean, this is a bad, 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 bad defense coming to Lexington tomorrow. Great offense. They're going to score. Um, so I think this could be a game for Terry to really kind of clamp down. And then, again, I'm not here to suggest that they're even discussing a change. I'm, I'm just saying I think his psyche – I just feel like Gatewood's too good of an athlete. It might not be this week, but i got to feel like at some point He's going to get a chance to go in and whether it be certain situations, short yardage, maybe goal line, things like that. I think he's going to get an opportunity to play a little bit. And and Terry will probably have to accept that um, if that is the case. But this should be a good week for him to really get comfortable with some of his receivers. I think the running game should be pretty strong, should set up some opportunities in the passing game. And I think he'll have a game to, to really get a lot of confidence. And if that doesn't happen, and like you were talking about that noise, uh, it'll probably get louder. But until we cross that bridge, probably no reason to, to discuss that. But it, it is a game, though, I think he needs to be pretty darn good in. Yeah, um, there's only going to be 12,000 people in the stands, but that noise could be very loud if uh, if that offense struggles. Derek, this I think this is the game where I want to see what Kentucky – decides to do with their offense do they throw the ball downfield a little more than they did last week instead of some of those under and quick passes and those screen passes I want to see if they take some shots he's now got a game under his belt you mentioned this this is not a very good Ole Miss defense they need to expose this team take some shots down the field because that they're if they're wanting to have a good season they have to hit some of those big plays in the passing game no question um I didn't hate the offensive game plan last week. I know a lot of people didn't like the short passes. I, th- I definitely thought that was designed to just try to get him comfortable, try to get him some completions under his belt. The few times they get did go deep, it wasn't necessarily – the one I really remember that was in coverage was the one from the goal line where he just sat back and just threw a bomb down the field. It was one of those plays that if it got picked off, it was more or less a punt. Uh, as long as you had somebody there to tackle the guy, if you would have picked it off. Um that was really the only deep ball that I remember in coverage. Obviously, he had the one to Ollie down the sidelines, and Ollie was wide open. But, you know, you're right. Um, and I think we need to give credit to Auburn for that, too. I mean, Auburn's had a good defense. They weren't going to give up too many big plays. Um, I thought Eddie schemed up some good plays to, to generate some explosive offensive plays. But this Ole Miss defense should be able to be a team that you can take some shots on. Um Along those lines, is is there a different receiver that steps up this week? You know, Ollie had the big week last week in terms of targets and, and receptions. He had nine catches. Hayes looked pretty good when he got his chance. Um, Stoops did not mention Michael Drennan yesterday. He's somebody I, I think he might see get a chance. I mean, and Stoops sounds like he wants to get the ball to Travis Tisdale a little bit, but it's going to be tough for him being the probably at best fourth running back just with those other three guys. You, you already know what to expect, so – Maybe they'll find some different ways. He had mentioned kick return being a way to get Travis on the field. But defensively, uh, Sean and I talked on Monday about Jerry Casey and being surprised that he didn't really see any snaps. But it sounds like he's going to play this weekend along with Vito Tisdale. So maybe some new faces out there on Saturday uh, compared to what we saw last week. And I think uh, this will be a good game to do it. I mean, in a shortened season already uh, and in a year where they kind of have free eligibility regardless – probably makes sense to start to work in some of those guys that you think might be able to help you. And you can find out here early on if, if they will be able to help you or not. Yeah. yeah. This is the, these are the games that you really need to find out Derek, because we know now that that game next week versus Mississippi state, it has a lot more eyes on it than it did seven to 10 days ago with what Mississippi state did versus LSU. 
Uh, so it's going to be a big game at Kroger Field Saturday. If you cannot, if you aren't one of the 12,000 people that will make it out to Kroger Field, make it out to the Butcher's Pub to watch the game. Two locations, one in Pineville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Get out there, try all those delicious burgers that we've named off on the show, that buffalo chicken sandwich that I keep plugging, the wings, uh, all the drinks that you can imagine. So get out there. They have multiple TVs, Derek. They'll have more than just Kentucky uh, Ole Miss on the screen. They'll have all those other SEC games. I think Georgia-Auburn's the nightcap game in the SEC there, if I'm correct, right? I think that's Unfortunately, uh, you're right. You're yeah. right. That's great. I didn't think I was going to watch that one. Uh, <laughs> Texas A&M and Alabama somehow got that game. I have no idea what CBS is doing there. Yeah, 7.30, but, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time kick for, for Georgia-Auburn. So that's a huge one. So following Kentucky Ole Miss, if you're at the pub, stick around, watch that game. Uh, if you need more information on the Butcher's Pub, you can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook for daily specials and deals. But you're listening to Kentucky Daily. As soon as we come back, we'll be joined by Taylor McGregor, who will be the sideline reporter for Kentucky Ole Miss. You're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll be back with more right after this. Call Bryant Law, 261-7381. This is attorney Jeremy Bryant. Have you been injured at work in the last 24 months? Contact Bryant Law. We want you to understand that every dime an insurance company keeps from you is another one they keep in their pocket. You're entitled to just compensation. So don't let the insurance company tell you what's proper. After all, you're the one who has been injured on the job. I'll evaluate your case and tell you the truth. Call Bryant Law in Corbin and get what you deserve. Visit online at jeremybryantlaw.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Kentucky Daily, as now we're joined by Taylor McGregor, who will be the sideline reporter for Kentucky Ole Miss. Taylor, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this game. I love the matchup. I was, was curious, Sean and I were, uh, you know, trying to follow along with your career, trying to learn a little bit about you before you hopped on here. Uh, obviously, you do some baseball work. You, you're a uh, sideline reporter with the Cubs. Uh, and then also it looks like you were in your previous, uh, previously with the Colorado Rockies. So I was just curious to learn a little bit more about you uh, before you ended up as an ESPN reporter. Just kind of tell us a little bit about your career. Well, so I graduated from the University of Arkansas, graduated, got right into local news. So I was in local news for a few years and then got the opportunity with the Rockies and was there for a few years, really had no intention of leaving. And um, somebody who I had known through an internship called and, and said that the Cubs were launching their own network and was interested, uh, was seeing if I was interested in maybe coming. And, you know, at first I was like, no way. I love Colorado. I loved that job. I had so much fun. But then um, the chance to cover the Cubs was exciting and to launch a new network was was really exciting as well so this is my first season it's definitely not <laughs> what I envisioned it to be but uh, I think everybody's lives this past year are not what they had originally envisioned so we're just kind of all rolling with it and uh, this is my second year doing college football for ESPN so so much fun I people always ask you know do you like baseball or college football more and they're so different but I got to say, I'm such a college football girl. I'm a huge fan, first and foremost. I just love watching the game and, and really learning the game. And the the event every single week that I, a football broadcast feels like is, um, it's, it's incredible. So 
that's probably a, a long-winded answer for what you wanted, but <laughs> there you go. There's a little bit about me. So will this be your first trip to Lexington? It is my first trip. Yeah. And I've heard all sorts of food recommendations. So if you guys have any more, I always try to test out the best spots in town. Um, you know, that is of course after, after my job, but the food's really important too. <laughs> so um, how, how excited are you for your first foot? Now this is your first football game of the season too, right? Have you covered one for 2020? Correct. Yeah. I um, decided to finish up the regular season with baseball before I moved over to college football. So this will be my first game. And uh, it's, it's interesting to prep for this week's game because you have to take into consideration all the protocols and kind of familiarize yourself with what it's going to look like this season, because there are a lot of regulations and things that we have to follow. So I've been really trying to learn those this week as well as, you know, prep for the game. We were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but just kind of how different prep work is. And you were mentioning uh, the Friday, obviously the day before the game, you would typically meet with the home coaching staff in person and then talk on the phone um, with the visiting team. Whereas this year you're able to do zoom uh, for both, but for some other things like you were just talking about maybe during the game Saturday, just how much different will your job be as a sideline reporter this season? Yeah. You know, I'm as curious as you are, <laughs> what it's going to be like, because I, the approach I take to sideline reporting is really just trying to be the eyes and the ears of the field and tell people at home things that they would not be able to know unless they were right there on the sideline. And a lot of that is just based upon access, how close you are to the players. And, and this year, that's not going to be the case as much. Now, I'm still hoping there'll be information because it, it's not going to be as loud. Hopefully, you know, I'll just be able to hear, even though I won't be able to get as close. So I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm still going to do my best to, you know, relay information of things that I see or things that I hear um, and, and make it of interest to the viewer. But I do think it's going to be a challenge. And I know, too, that each broadcast has been different depending on local protocols and regulations from the state levels. But some broadcasts have had the guys in the booth and the sideline reporter there. Is that how it's going to be at Kentucky? Will Matt and Taylor be there, too, or are they doing that from home? They were. They will be doing it from home. So it's going to be different. I've never done anything like that where the play-by-play -play and analysts are not on location. So, again, I think it – creates a, a different role for the reporter because there might be things that I see that because they're not there, they just don't see. So um, I, I, I hope to rise to the challenge and, um, you know, make myself really useful on the field Saturday because it will be different not having them there. Taylor, from what you have seen, or um, I don't know how much you've gotten to watch the football this year, obviously with the Cubs still playing down the stretch, but any early impressions on, on this Kentucky football team this year? Yeah, you know, I watched last week against Auburn. It was, a, you know, afternoon game. So I got to watch it before I went into to work last week. And I think what you saw were a lot of positives. But I, I attribute a lot of what we saw last week with the turnovers and the mistakes to just it being the first game they played. I mean, usually there used to be, you know, to play a non-conference game where you kind of, you know, get a, get yourself ready for the rest of the season. But 
having to go on the road and play Auburn your first game of the season after you already had a different sort of offseason. It was a challenge. So um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how not only this team, but the rest of the teams progress. Now, with that said, um, I think Terry Wilson is who everybody's talked about him to be. I think he can be a really exciting player. I know he really took uh, took it personal, his performance last week, and has spent a lot of time, especially on ball security. I was told that, you know, he really emphasized some of the drills they do this week um, to focus on that. But as far as the defense, I think it's going to be a really interesting test against Ole Miss. You saw, you saw both offensively and defensively, you saw them beat Auburn. Really, the only reason they lost that game is because they ended up beating themselves. So I think you take what we saw in that game, and now defensively, you you get a huge test in Ole Miss. I mean, Lynn Kiffin's offenses are up-tempo, but the word I kept hearing players say was they're up-tempo, but they're efficient. And, um, and that is what provides such a challenge because you have to be ready. And it is only week two, week five in college football, but they're only their second game of the season. And they're going to have to play at a really, really high pace out there and there's not there's not going to be a lot of room for error so I I'm encouraged and I think uh, this team is is really talented especially on the line but I think they they have a big test in in Ole Miss and you guys know this at this point in this season you want to be one and one and not oh and two so to win this game is going to be a huge or lose it, it's going to be a huge I think pivot for for the football team. That's actually what I was going to ask you next. Uh, every SEC game is huge, but when you're playing a 10-game SEC-only schedule, this one becomes even larger, in my opinion. Both teams sit 0-1, and, and what they have coming next, I think Ole Miss goes or plays Alabama, and then Kentucky has Mississippi State, who was probably the story of college football last weekend, and then they follow that with Georgia-Tennessee. So this is a huge game for both these teams, isn't it? Huge. And I think you always say that the week of the game, it always feels like a big game. But I think in the nature of this season, like you mentioned, just the 10 straight conference games, um, a less of a chance to to prepare for the rest of the year. You have to come out and, and set the tone, be one and one. And I think it's going to be a good litmus test for both of these teams. Like I mentioned, I think Kentucky's defense is really going to find out what it's worth this week against um, against this this Ole Miss team, and because they're going to have to play a similar, you know, quick, high high efficient offense next week in Mississippi State. So, yes, it's it's important. I think every every game is going to be important, and and the players certainly feel that. You know, I think a lot of times we ask those types of questions as the media, and the answer is always like, yes, yes, yes. But this year I do feel like they've emphasized that a little bit more, that there is a sense of urgency, and, and they both teams need to win this, this week's game. From your uh, Zoom meetings with uh, both Kentucky staff and Ole Miss's staff, what are some of the uh, things that they told you that or the impressions that you got on things that are going to be important for both teams this weekend? I think for, for Kentucky, establishing the run game, uh, they want to see more efficiency running the football. Um, they weren't able to run it, I think, the way that they would have liked against Auburn. That's going to be really important. Um, and then turnovers are huge for both teams. You saw, you saw Kentucky make some huge critical mistakes 
um, especially in the red zone last week. They just can't do that. And same with Ole Miss's offense. I mean, they had a lot of encouraging signs offensively, but they also made some big-time mistakes. So cleaning up the football on both sides of the ball for both teams is a huge point of emphasis that I heard. Um, but as far as is, is Kentucky is concerned, I really think establishing the run is going to be huge for them to not only build upon this week, but weeks to come as well. And you're an Arkansas grad, correct? Is that what you, you said? I am. So how, how much did you pay attention to that opening game last weekend? Because they were in it for a half with Georgia, but then the wheels came off in the second half. Yeah, I – listen, I'm a diehard Arkansas fan. So even, like, in the middle of a game – I mean, I'm really a huge SEC fan. I shouldn't even say I'm a huge Arkansas fan. I just love SEC football, so I try to watch every single down. And that was the most exciting half – of football that Arkansas has experienced in years. It was, even though the, the result ended up being what you probably thought it was going to be in the second half, I think there was a lot of encouraging signs for Arkansas. And, and just the power of quality coaching, I think, was the biggest takeaway for me. You know, you heard under Chad Morris, it was, we didn't have enough talent, not enough talent. We, you know, we need athletes, so we need guys faster. And and yes, he helped recruit some guys who are on campus now who, who can be playmakers, but a lot of it is just schematics and how can you how can you hang with a team in the SEC? And I think Barry Odom was a huge hire, and you saw that uh, play out last week against Georgia. Yeah, and there's uh, another exciting slate of SEC games this weekend as well. But Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. Safe travels, and we hope that you enjoy your visit to Lexington. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. She's Taylor McGregor, and you're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily. Derek, that was Taylor McGregor of ESPN and Marquee Sports Network. So someone that has a lot of jobs involved in a lot of different sports. I thought she gave some really good insight into what it's like during a pandemic to be a sideline reporter. And two, I think she confirmed what we all have been thinking. Terry Wilson took that loss last week in his performance to heart. And you know, he's going to try to come out and, you know, take care of the football this Saturday versus Ole Miss. No question. Uh, I mean, really at this point, Taylor, I think she's the only one who's even had an interview with Terry Wilson since the end of the Auburn game. He talked to us post game and um, obviously those, the sideline reporters and the SEC network crew, they get a little bit more access in terms of, you know, pregame, but uh, no, I thought it was a really good interview. I was fascinated to hear her talk about just the changes in protocols, someone in the media, like, you know, it's very inside journalism stuff, I guess. But, like, the protocols for us tomorrow, I'm not even sure what to expect. You've been to a game during this. I haven't. Uh, the press box that we're so familiar with tomorrow, though, is going to be much different. So, for her, her job on the sidelines, I mean, it was kind of hilarious last week when Gus Malzahn was all pissed off over that call and he's having to stand, like, six feet or whatever <laughs> with his little microphone stood up talking to Cole Kubelik. Um So, I'm sure that's different for, for them having to set that up. And I guess even the places on the field where she's allowed to – going or she's not allowed to go uh, will be much different so appreciate that and uh really Sean it's I thought it was really nice of her to 
when we did this interview, it was during the Cubs game against the yes. and took some time to talk to us. I'm sure she's probably pretty focused on that game uh, with it being her job. But e- either way, uh, she'll be in Lexington tomorrow, even if there's a game three in that Cubs tomorrow in series. Her yeah, she'll will be in a bluegrass state. She'll be arriving in Lexington tonight, actually, Friday night. Uh, but, Derek, you know, it has to feel good to still have your team playing in the playoffs. I know you and I both are still living, oh. I guess – the the morning after is or the day after it doesn't feel very well and you know what else i'm disappointed in is and i shouldn't be but i prepared myself for this i love cherry coke like i love cherry coke like honestly oh, God, coke, yeah, coke yeah. should probably coke should probably advertise with us after this segment because the cherry coke that comes out of that fountain in the media room at uk is some of the best cherry coke on the planet and we don't have any of that this year. It's just all water. So last weekend at Auburn, they had the cherry Coke and the Coke over here on one cooler, and then they had water. And I literally prepared myself for this. I went and had three waters last weekend and just passed up the cherry Coke every time. So I'm prepared, Derek. Well, it is good you've conditioned yourself for this. Uh, I had thought about that as well. The fountain, too. I mean, the way it comes out, you don't really need that vice for it. It's like the perfect uh, temperature, too, when it comes out of there. But no, uh, UK is doing their part to – not only keep us hopefully healthy from a virus, but also uh, no loads of sugar or anything tomorrow, all water, all healthy things. Yeah. So, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it just to watch a game and be back in person and watch live football again. Uh, Sean, we have an update on ticket sales. Are they sold out tomorrow? Ah, that's a good question. They had a, they, should, I think they're very close, right? They didn't have many left. They're like, yeah, the they were having they did to sell games. Yeah. Who are they offering tickets to basketball season ticket holders, right? Things like yeah. that. And so. it's all mobile too. Everything is mobile. So everybody has to have a mobile ticket. You cannot have a printed off ticket where they scan it. It all has to be on your phone, even your parking pass too. So Derek, I'm assuming UK athletics has moved to mobile tickets for the foreseeable future, right? For moving forward. Is that how that is now? That they're just going to do mobile? Surely it would be cost effective to have that as a permanent switch, I would think. Um, You know, with the the paper and everything. Uh, Last few times I've been to Reds games. Uh, Obviously, we buy tickets for UK games. So when I was at Reds games, it was all mobile. I mean, a lot of that stuff you just have on your phone, a a QR code or whatever, and they would just scan it. And I'm sure that's how UK is going to do it. So different process for everybody. Really, if you guys are going to the game tomorrow, anybody listening, uh, probably could spend some time Monday talking about your experience. I mean, I think I would love to hear that. Uh, So reach out to us. uh, Tell us how it was. Tell us if you plan to go back to a game or if you – you know, maybe it's not something that you're going to enjoy this year. I, I would be really curious to hear feedback from fans on their experience on Saturday. I wouldn't mind having somebody join the show, honestly. A couple of people, if they want to hop on for a segment and tell us about their experience. You know, they can hop on a Zoom call with us Monday, and uh, we can talk about it, how it's different at Kroger Field, because it is going to be significantly different. Uh, we do have one mailbag question. I, I apologize for the mailbag segment this week. Uh, there's been so much with Joey Gatewood's waiver and then the Kentucky-Louisville talk earlier in the week. We didn't really get to do just a mailbag episode, but we did get one mailbag question. And, Derek, it's from our guy, Burt Franklin, from AKA BZ. He says, over <laughs> under five plays with Gatewood behind center tomorrow afternoon. I need to be asking Burt that question. He's the man with the answers. Uh, no, I would say under. Yeah. Five. No, not a bad number. I don't think to set that. On, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking under, unless uh, 
under in the situation that, you know, nothing abnormal happens. Uh, but in terms of plays that are actually working for him in the game plan, for this first time, I would say under. Depending on how he handles that this week, perhaps you'll see more the following week against Mississippi State. Speaking of under, and I know you're wanting to, to start talking about this because I'm, I'm definitely under right now when it comes to the standings in our week, week, week-to-week picks, Derek. So just go ahead. This is your moment. You have the, the platform to just uh, tell me that you were better than me last week. Yes, I bested Sean by one game last week on our <laughs> SEC picks as a refresher the slate last week, and I won't read through every game, but Sean and I both missed uh, on two games last week, Kentucky and Auburn. Of course, we both picked Kentucky. And the pick that I'm sure almost everybody missed uh, was Mississippi State and LSU. I don't know if anybody really saw that kind of game coming. But where I got Sean and where I decided to be different last week was Tennessee and South Carolina. The Vols picked up a big road win in their first game uh, against South Carolina. So that put me at 5-2 and two last week's slate and shot 4-3. and three. So we'll keep that in mind as we go to pick this game, uh, this week's weekend I, games. I knew better than to pick with my heart with the Tennessee game. <laughs> Like you, yeah. Even though you. I'm in, even though I'm in media, I still can't like that. I'm just not that. So that as uh, still south to me. <laughs> as I was saying earlier during the live read, I was all day, all week, had been under the impression that Auburn and Georgia, because I just didn't think there'd be any way you'd have a top ten game like that and it not be the CBS game. And I was like, man, won't get to watch that one. But now, uh, I found out by your read that that is actually the seven thirty game on ESPN. So Sean, let's start from the top though. Going with your favorite team, uh, the Tennessee Volunteers, playing Missouri at noon. That is a home game for Tennessee. Who do you have in that one? Tennessee. Derek, if, if you and I lined up right now, I think I'd pick us if we were playing Missouri after uh, after last week. So <laughs> I don't I'm know if go... you saw their uniform reveal, but it was – people go, go to Missouri football's Twitter page and look at the way they unveiled the uniforms. It was one of the strangest uniform reveals I've ever seen. Like a guy in a uniform like – Going through water, walking in the woods, just just crazy stuff. I don't know how it came about. What what is it with all these teams in water right now with their uniforms? Uh, South Carolina came out of the ocean last year, and then I think App State was in a creek right. somewhere in North yeah. Carolina. So Same like, thing. like I don't know uh, what it is. Are we gonna go out here and we're we gonna see Kentucky at like Lake Cumberland just <laughs> coming up out of the water when they reveal some jerseys? I'm with you. Uh, I, I like Tennessee in this game. Uh, there is one other noon game tomorrow, and actually. Maybe a chance to be an interesting game. Maybe not, though. Uh, South Carolina travels to Florida. Honestly, I think South Carolina played a little bit better than I expected them to last week. Uh, really, the deciding factor in that game, two really bad turnovers for South Carolina. One, they threw a pick six in the first half. And then two, I guess you called a turnover. It was really unfortunate on the punt return. They had a chance, actually, to get the ball back. No timeouts, but about a minute, 20-ish left. And the ball uh, on the punt return hit somebody in the foot or the leg, and Tennessee recovered to end it. So, that game's in the swamp, though, at noon. Sean, who you got there? Florida. I, I don't see anything. That, that Florida offense is going to be hard to stop, I think. So, I'm, I'm going Florida in that one. You don't, you don't like Will Muschamp fired up going back to the swamp place that fired him? I'll tell you right now, if he goes back and he wins, and let's say he goes back and he wins and he puts up a lot of points, because he could not score. That was the one thing that got him at Florida. Boy, would that be an inter- interesting storyline. That would really derail some of the uh, the pecking order in the SEC East moving into the, oh, wow. into game week yeah. three. So well, this, it's already could be a it, it already could be an interesting week on that side of the division. Well, really on both sides, especially with that Auburn Georgia matchup. You just want to go ahead and pick that one while we're talking about it. 
uh, because uh, there yeah. are two games. There are two games, Derek, that I'm hammering in the betting this weekend, and it is Auburn is one of them. I'm picking Auburn to win this game. Uh, going back to the other game, I'm with you. I like Florida probably pretty big in that one. This is the toughest game to pick for sure. I'm with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Auburn in this game. And Georgia does seem to have perhaps the better idea. Of, I mean, JT Daniels was cleared this week to play, but I'm not even sure if he's starting. Uh, I've not seen him. Stetson Bennett, uh, the fourth or whatever, I don't know his, <laughs> whichever numeral he has, but uh, he's he's had to take over basically to save those guys against a terrible Arkansas team. Well, what we presume – sorry, Taylor, if you listen to this, but what we presume to be a terrible Arkansas team. Uh, he had to come in and kind of save the day. But if you're going off of how they looked in week one, I think you got to pick Auburn here. And, and it's a seven-and-a-half-point line in favor of Georgia, which I think is too high. Do they know something that we don't? I mean, those guys are pretty good. Well, they, they knew something last week when it came to Ken- – Kentucky Auburn because I, I told you it should have been at four which is probably where it should have been if you take out all the mistakes but I'm going Auburn and then the other one Derek Texas A&M at Alabama Alabama's only an 18 point favorite and I know I, Sean, Saban, actually, I gotta go. I'm sorry to cut you off but I'm looking at this slate I've got a feeling we're gonna pick all the same I'm gonna have to go to Georgia that last game so I can be different again so you're gonna have a chance of maybe even the series up uh or I'm gonna take a pretty commanding lead on you if uh if that's not right so i'm switching my pick to georgia uh we'll see if that ends up being a good move well i think you're uh, i think mean you're unless are, sean unless I, you're taking vanderbilt over lsu i, I gotta think we're probably taking the same games here um, the rest of the way i actually considered doing that honestly but then i thought better that i can't fall in love with their helmet that they oh, yes. that they released even though the helmet is the one of the sickest helmets i've ever seen it's it's not going to make up a twenty one point spread in my opinion. Like it 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 adds at least a touchdown, so they'll lose by fourteen. Well, Vanderbilt is one and zero against the spread this year. They are, and that's what leads me into Texas A and M Alabama, and Alabama only an eighteen point favorite after what we saw from Texas A and M in Week One against Vandy, and Texas A and M was at home. And Derek, we know that Nick Saban's not the type of guy to run the score up on some of his former assistants, but. 18 points. It to me, it feels more like Alabama wins this by 28 to 30. Yeah, to me, the big loser of this game is CBS because I think obviously when they picked this game, it was under the impression that Texas A&M was going to be good, uh, and they made that call over Auburn and Georgia. Maybe they'll still turn out to be right, um, but Alabama had a had a great game. I believe Missouri got most of their points at the end of the game when it was well in hand. I think at one point, the I think they were up by 35 at one point, but. Um, yeah, I got Alabama running away here. Ole Miss and Kentucky, Sean, the game will be at 4 p.m. SEC Network. Uh, I'm taking Kentucky in a very good game. I think it might be one of the best games of the day. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go Kentucky in this one, 38-34. to 34. So I do think that Kentucky's streak of 30 points or less, I do think it comes to an end this weekend. I think that Ole Miss is going to put up some points, but I also think that Kentucky's offense is going to answer – and put up some points of their own, which is something Kentucky fans aren't used to seeing the shootouts at Kroger Field. They're really not used to seeing any 30-30 to 30 games. So I, I'm, I'm going Kentucky 38, Ole Miss 34. So Ole Miss covers the – Ole Miss was a six-point underdog. So if you're taking points, I'd take Ole Miss. So you're going with a score that was only one point off of uh, an Ole Miss win in Lexington in 2017. 37-34 to 34 was the final 
that game. Uh, I don't really know what I would predict for a score, honestly. Um, I, I could totally see what you're saying, though. I, I think this probably is uh, the week that that might come to an end. Although, are, are we hyping up Ole Miss too much after what happened well, last week? I saw Adam Luck add a tweet, and it actually got me thinking. I was like, you know, it's kind of a good point. Like, people uh, – I was, I was on a Mississippi radio show yesterday, and the first question that the guy asked me was – was not too high on Kentucky. Speaking and has this was a guy who apparently in Mississippi thought Kentucky would be very good this year, and that was his question to me was if that guy was too high on Kentucky and should he change his mind? And I was like, well, he probably didn't watch the game, and he didn't because Ole Miss was playing at the same time. Uh, if you just saw the score, then yeah, it might have been something that surprised you. But like, I, I kind of agree with Adam on this. Like, people are hopping off UK, and even the Ole Miss gave up over 600 yards of offense and allowed over 50 points. It's like people are all over <laughs> Ole Miss this week because they put up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Well, I think that my prediction's more from the Lane Kiffin side of things. I think he's going to disguise some things well. I think that some of the schemes that they do offensively, I think that it could give Kentucky some some trouble. Derek, I think that probably should be prepared for some trickery plays, like two or three, maybe trying to catch Kentucky off guard. That is an area where Kentucky has fallen in the past quite a few times when teams disguise some things. So that would be something I'd look for, but I don't know, maybe this week will tell us a little bit more. If Kentucky's defense comes in there, Derek, and they hold Ole Miss to less than 20 points, then I think going into the rest of the season, and two, probably you feel a little bit better about the matchup versus Mississippi State if Kentucky's defense looks really strong this week. I mean, I'm not even convinced that Florida's defense is better than Kentucky's. I mean, I don't know if there's really anything to suggest that. I'm sure there's not a huge difference either way between the two teams. Uh, Would you be concerned? Even with, even if Kentucky wins tomorrow with those matchups going forward, if UK does allow somewhere in the 35 to like 40-point range? No, I won't. I, I think, too, it's, it's early in the season. Uh, I, I don't think I'd be too concerned. I think the, the unit that I'm looking at more tomorrow, Derek, is the offense. I think if Kentucky wins this game, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be due to their offense, not their defense. I, I feel like that that's something that, Kentucky fans want to see is can they put up points because Derek we know that next weekend against Mississippi State they're going to have to put up points against them so I think that this is the perfect opponent really maybe to prepare for that matchup yeah no question Um, I'm just thinking in terms of the way Ole Miss plays if their defense is truly too bad to really stop Kentucky consistently I feel like this is the kind of game that one, it's never completely out of reach when you play a team that can put up points like Ole Miss uh, appears to be able to do so. But at the same time, it feels like a game to me. If Kentucky can just get a few stops, you can build a double-digit lead in this game. And if you can keep it going after that, it seems like maybe a game you won't have to be sweating so much towards the end. And two, Kentucky is not the type of team. We've seen this in the past under 80 grand. They're not the type of team that's just going to just bury someone and put right. them away. Uh, just given that their style of play. So if they do get a two-touchdown lead, Derek, will it be any different than it has in the past? Because usually that's when they just keep it on the ground and just chew that clock. Uh, maybe, though, with the way that they tried to throw the ball last week and, you know, Eddie Grimm, maybe is this is this a week where they're like, okay, let's put up some points. I mean, when's the last yeah. time against an SEC team that we've seen them, what is the most points last year or in the last few years they put up against an SEC team that's not named Vanderbilt? I mean, I can't even – 28 against Mississippi State a few years ago. Um, that was a good output, that game. Scored four touchdowns with Benny Snell. Probably Ole Miss. Probably Ole Miss, it 34. It probably was. It's probably the last time <laughs> that they've got 
it's probably the last time they've got to 30 against an SEC opponent that's not Vandy, right? Because I don't remember them getting to to 30 in any of the Tennessee matchups the last few years. They certainly didn't last year or the year before that. Neither South and Carolina, then, none of the South Carolina then, games. In Florida, they've been it's been 20s because they didn't get out of the 20s yeah. the last three or four years. So I, that's why, uh, to me, getting to 38 would be huge for this UK offense. And I've, I think everybody would like to see, especially Kentucky fans, I think they'd like to see the offense sort of cut it loose and just go out there and have a 40-point outing against an SEC opponent. Yeah, I think it would certainly make everybody feel better. Uh, I can only imagine some of the comments we'll hear if Ole Miss has a really good-looking offense tomorrow and UK's struggle somewhat. Maybe not struggle. I, I don't I don't feel like the offense struggled at Ben or uh, sorry at Auburn. I, I know some people would probably say that. I don't I, yeah the red zone is bad and maybe this is a game we see Matt Ruffalo. But uh we'll have plenty to recap that um tomorrow after the game. I'm sure we'll put up a quick episode depending on how things go. So two games left to choose from Sean and we'll wrap this thing up. First game, LSU at Vanderbilt. We were talking about that a little bit. And then the other game is uh, the Bulldogs of Mississippi State against Arkansas. Yeah, well, anchor down, and they better anchor down because uh, <laughs> LSU is not losing that game. If they do, Ed Ogeron might be the quickest coach to a hot seat after winning a national championship because that would not be an ideal start. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go LSU in that one. Yeah, I'm with you there. And then in the next game, I'm going to take Mississippi State as well. Although I think Arkansas – I think they might be able to hang around for a minute. This, this, this will be closer than what people think yeah. it will be. This Let's will be, and I think, one. 17 in favor of Mississippi State. This one will stay within that 17. Yeah, I don't. I just feel like uh, I've seen it too many times, Derek. I've, I've seen it with, we've seen it with Kentucky. We've seen it with a lot of programs. When you get a big win like that, it's, uh, it's hard to pick yourself up the following week and play an opponent that you know is a lesser opponent. We've seen that. It's week two, and uh, Mississippi State, they, did, they didn't play clean football last week. They had a, quite a few turnovers. So this will be an interesting game to watch. We saw that Arkansas, uh, if they have any chance at all, it's going to have to be a low-scoring game, in which I don't know how low-scoring it will be. But uh, I do think that they'll be able to hang around for another half, and maybe if they could put this half together in the first half of Georgia, then they'd, yeah. have, a, they'd have a lot to be encouraged about. But I, I do think that game will be closer, at least for a while. I agree, and I'm I'm looking ahead to the next weekend slate. Um, some interesting games we'll be able to get into that weekend. I think for sure going to be the best up to that point. But I think the 17th might be some of the best games, Sean. That's obviously two Saturdays from tomorrow. You've got Kentucky and Tennessee, A&M and Mississippi State, uh, LSU and Florida play, and then obviously the big one, Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. So and then, really good and then slate Auburn, that day. Auburn South still don't have a time. A sneaky game. It is, yeah. There's really no bad. I'm Ole Miss and Arkansas, I guess. But, I mean, hell, the way Ole Miss plays, it might be at least exciting. Still no game time for Tennessee. I want to hear it from you now, Sean. Predict the game time for the Tennessee-Kentucky uh, game. I think there's only so, two options, right? It's either noon or four. Or yeah, I'm going to say that that – I'm going to say that game gets the noon ESPN slate. It oh, won't be a network this. game. Oh, I, I think that. it get. I think it actually gets ESPN when you look at those games. You don't think not, A&M and Mississippi State will get it? Well, you've already got the – no, I don't. I think that might end up being the network game because I think Alabama is going to drill Texas A&M this weekend, and I think that that and, uh, game could end up being the lesser of the two. And if Kentucky ends up winning the next two, it puts them in a good spot. But we'll know Monday the game time and the TV network for that. I'm thinking I'm, – I'm with you on that one. I'm looking at some of these other – the games that are on certain networks, and i got to think 
I got to think Kentucky's got a pretty good chance to be the national TV game. I mean, this is like Auburn, South Carolina. I don't know. Some games that are all kind of in the same range, it seems like, of possible picks. I'll, I'm hoping you're right. I would like a noon game there. So there's two noon well, games, right? It, I do think it will be a noon kickoff. I just don't okay. know, will it be the network noon or will it be the ESPN national noon? I think for Kentucky, you would hope to get the national spotlight there with the two SEC teams playing at noon. I, I just think that makes sense. For years, Derek, that Kentucky-Tennessee game was a noon kickoff. I, I totally miss so that Kentucky at Missouri is already at noon. Yeah, it is. So they established that one. Uh, they established three. They established uh, this one this weekend, the one last weekend, and then Kentucky-Mizzou. Those were the only three games that we knew game time and TV network for. The rest are just the two weeks prior. Man, I don't know. I'm looking at this again, Sean. I don't know if they're going to have a noon home game. Maybe South Carolina, the last last game of the year, I think might might be a chance. But besides that, like Vanderbilt, Kentucky's probably getting relegated to the. That might be an SEC alternate game, honestly. <laughs> looking at this. probably uh, will be Vanderbilt but, probably land up on the alternate channel quite a bit. So, but Derek, I think that we both can say as we wrap this thing up that we are now to the point to where we have something to look forward to every single Saturday now because this slate is going to just get more interesting by the week. We're going to know more about these teams after this week two slate. And I, a lot of questions will be answered this week, Derek, about some of these programs. I think so, too. Uh, a big game for Kentucky. And we'll, we'll come back to it tomorrow after how we see things shake out. Um, really could be a really interesting – I think it's going to be interesting to talk about win or lose, honestly. Kind of the ramifications if it's a loss and then kind of the the – jubilation of how things could still go this season if they get a win because I think there were a lot of bad vibes last weekend which you know like I said surprised me a little bit so in order to wipe those out you if they look good tomorrow play well I think I think you're gonna get a lot of people feeling really good going into state week well I'll tell you this it sends it one way or the other because if they lose this game Derek and they're 0-2 with the schedule that they have in front of them it makes you wonder if they go to more of a youth movement at some positions to get some guys snaps, especially in a year where it has no, like there's no bowl eligibility, like as far as win loss. So, you know, teams are getting bowls if there is a bowl season. So, but if they win this game, Derek, everything that they want to do is still right there in front of them. They sort of control their own destiny with some winnable games coming up, but it's, it's going to be interesting. That's what makes this SEC 10 game season a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to cover. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about, and that's what we'll do tomorrow. We'll give you a post-game episode to react to Kentucky, Ole Miss, whatever the outcome is, and then we'll be back next week to talk about it and preview Mississippi State. This has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll see you tomorrow.